This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. hearts father we lift our hands in adoration to you and worship to you oh god we kiss your face with our worship father we bless your name you're worthy lord jesus no greater love was demonstrated like yours you laid down your life for us thank you thank you thank you for that love we thank you lord We love you because you first loved us. We thank you for giving us that love so we can love ourselves and love others, Father. We thank you for such a great love, a love that never fails, a love that won't quit, a love that conquers all, an overcoming love, Father. We thank you. You are that love, and we bless you for who you are. Father, I thank you that your love is experienced here today, Lord, not just as we worship, but, Father, all through the word that comes forth, that anointing of love through your word, Father, that destroys yokes and removes burdens, Father, that love, Father, throughout all this city, all this state, Father, all this nation, and throughout the earth, let your love flow mighty, Lord God, healing saving, delivering, Lord God, setting free captives, oh God, restoring them to their right minds, those that are tormented in their minds, oh God, those that are oppressed by demons, being loosed in the name of Jesus, oh God, and those, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, that your heart, their hearts are crying out to you now, receive them, Lord, because you said all that call upon your name, they will be delivered, they will be saved, Father. We thank you for those that will be saved today. We thank you for those that will be healed today. We thank you, Father, for every good work that you're doing through your church and in this place and in this earth today to bring glory to your name and your name only, Lord Jesus. Thank you not just in this room, Father, the children in the children's church, the preschool, the nursery, oh God. Holy Ghost, do only as you can do. Speak to hearts today. Set a new course for those that have been been wavering, Father. Set a course that's right in you. Father, bring peace to those, Father, of troubled minds. Prepare hearts right now, Father, to receive all that you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Casting all your cares over on Him because He cares for you. This morning, let's just cast every care over on Him. The Bible says that if Father so loved us that He gave His only Son, how much more will He not with Him freely give us all things? So we're just going to, if you've got a care, a concern, maybe it's about a loved one, maybe it's uh, about finances, whatever it might be, maybe it's about a relationship, we're just going to give that to God this morning. You know, He can do more in five minutes than we can do in five years. But here's the thing. Let's just give it to Him. Father, we cast every care in our life over on You right now. That thing, Lord, that just keeps, seems to keep nagging at us, we just give it to You, Lord. The things we don't have the answer for, we trust You with it. Father, we just give all the things that are so precious to us, we give them into Your hands, family members, whatever it may be. We trust You that You're at work, O oh God. To bring about, Father, a resolution, an answer, a solution that comes from your great heart of love and wisdom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now we leave it in your hands. And we receive the peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. Father, I thank you for a peace like we've never known, like a a joy that just wells up within us, oh God, this morning. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen Amen and amen. Well, you may be seated for a moment. Welcome to Passion Church. We're glad that you're here, especially if you're visiting with us this morning. We're so glad that you're here, and we welcome you. You know, here at Passion Church, we just believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Very simple. We believe He's still doing the same things you read about in the pages of the Bible. That God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care about our background, the color of our skin, our economic status. None of that matters to God. He loves us all equally. Amen. And you know, I'm so glad it's a love that's relentless. You know, you probably got everything together, but I'm still working on it. So I'm so glad that love, God's love is relentless. So that even when I don't do it just right, you know what I mean? That God is there to encourage me, to forgive me when I need it. And to, you know, encourage me to get up and get going again. Amen. So if you need encouragement this morning, you're in the right place. I want to tell you something. God's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's got good things in store for you. Amen. So we just welcome you and glad that you found us this morning. You come out to worship uh, with us. I want to uh, read scripture, if I may, just for a moment. Uh, At this time in the service, we continue to worship God. You know, uh, as we give of our finances to Him here at Passion Church, we believe that's just a continuation of our worship. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, a, a, a Jewish person praying they're at the Wailing Wall, you see them how they, you know, because they take it literally where the scripture says, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your, so when they, I mean, you know, when they pray, they're in it. 
They, they're, they're worshiping God that way. And you know, for us, as we uh, give of our offerings this morning, our tithes and offerings, it's a continuation of that worship. Because we're recognizing, you know what? That God owns it all, and all that I've received has come from God. Now I want to read you a scripture here, what Jesus said. He says, judge not, and you will not be judged. Boy, I tell you what, that's a good verse to, to, to obey right there. That's a good one. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've I, I got a pretty good idea of my track record. I'm going to need to be forgiven sometime. So, you know, we freely forgive, don't we? We don't judge. We don't condemn. We don't do those things. We leave those things in God's hands, don't we? We give people the good news. We, we encourage them, you know, to come to Jesus for, for His grace and His goodness will fix them. Now, notice He also says, give and it will be given to you. Well, one of the things we do, we give, is when we don't judge, we're giving people what? An opportunity to get it right. I, you know, all my kids are grown now, but I remember, you know, I was the one that, I was a designated parent. I taught all our kids to ride the bicycle and all our kids to drive the car. Any of you dads, was that your, were you designated? <clears throat> you know, and I remember, you know, whether it was riding a bicycle when they were very young or when they got older and driving a car, you know, they didn't do it right the first time. You know, they didn't just get in there and drive, the, you know, drive that car like somebody had been driving for 10 or 15 years. You know what? I didn't condemn them when they made a hit the curb or, you know, didn't do it just right or made the turn too wide or something. You know what? Because, you know, I knew they were going to get it. I knew they were going to get it. And you know what? God believes this about you and I. We're going to get it. Amen. We're going to get it because the Bible says He's at work in us, both the will and to do of His good pleasure. But in all this, Jesus is saying, give. Give forgiveness. Give people space to get it right. Encur be an encourager. And then in that context, He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will, he, will, will be put into your bosom. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So, every time that you might have a right to judge, and you don't, you know what? You've just given something to someone. And Jesus said, that same measure and more is going to be given back to you. God's going to be gracious with you as you were gracious with others. God's going to be forgiving to you as you were forgiving of others. And we believe it extends to everything we do, including what? The giving of our tithes and offerings, doesn't it? He said, if you give, it's going to be given back to you. And we believe that. We believe that God desires and meets our needs. Amen. Well, let me remind you, too. Uh, you know, if you like to give online, you can go online to our website. You can give there. If you want to use your credit card, you can give that way, too. Some people like to give in different ways. But we thank you for your giving. Your giving uh, helps us to support what, not only what we're doing here, but we're involved in supporting orphanages. We're involved in feeding programs both here locally and in different places overseas. Uh, Bible schools, people being trained, all kinds of things are going, are taking place as a part of what you're giving. And I want you to know that you're investing in the kingdom of God, not just to keep some lights on, but to see lives changed. Amen. Father.
thank you that you are so gracious. You're so wonderful. You've been so good to us. And now, Father, we reciprocate that love back to you and back to your kingdom. Father, we give so that others can hear. We give so that others can be lifted from a burden, whether it's, it's hunger or, or whether, uh, Father, it's a chance to have a, an education, to hear about Jesus. Father, whatever it may be, to, to plant a church with a witness of the gospel in a, in a town or a village or a city. Thank you, Father, for the people who give and, Father, who invest in your kingdom. Father, and I just agree with the promise of Jesus that it is given back to your people. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Well, let's see a smile out there. Well, we're going to start a brand new series. We finished up a series last week uh, on relationships. How many were able to, to catch that? Maybe if not, you weren't here every Sunday, you know. Let me just remind you, those, our podcasts are uploaded on our website, mypassion.church. You can go there and listen to it sometimes if you missed it, or maybe uh, you want to go back. Uh, sometimes, you know, a particular met on, and 
let God speak to you again. We're going to begin a new series uh, this month. We're talking about connecting through fellowship, connecting through fellowship. And you know, a lot of times in church, when we talk about fellowship, uh, I think sometimes we, we think about getting together, you know, for a potluck meal or getting together around a cup of coffee, and, all, and that's all good, and that is fellowship. But I, I really want us to take uh, a, a little bit deeper look at it, maybe get out of the kitty end of the fellowship pool and get over to a little bit deeper of what the Scriptures say about what fellowship is. Because uh, if, you, if you just have the idea that fellowship is just us getting together, you know, and having a meal and kind of enjoying one another's company, uh, you know, I want to I take us a little bit deeper than that. Because as we look at the word fellowship in, in the Scriptures in the New Testament, uh, there's a word there, a Greek word, uh, that's translated to fellowship is called koinonia, and it means fellowship, communion, partnership. It means to be on a journey together. It means a lot of different things. That's more than us just coming around and enjoying one another's company. It's about, really, it's about life happening among us who are the people of God, and we're on this journey together, and we're going together, and we're there as partners together, not only with God, but with one another. We're there to bear one another's loads. We're there to, to care for one another, to pray for one another, to help one another, and all of these things. And in the midst of all of that, you know what happens? We connect. We become family, not only in name, but in reality. And so this month, we want to look at some of these things, what it means to, to fellowship and uh, to connect through fellowship. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, just want to read a scripture over there to kind of introduce this thought of fellowship. And again, remember this word translated fellowship, and, and some places it's translated partnership, but it's that same word, koinonia. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the first fellowship we're, we're called into as believers is what is a fellowship with His Son. And we know that happens when we uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Scripture says, and confess with our mouth that He is our Savior and Lord. We receive Him as our Savior and Lord. The Bible says that God brings us into what? Fellowship with the Son. So the first place fellowship starts is with the Saviors, with Jesus Christ. And he says we have a fellowship with Him. That means, remember, that means that we have communion with Him. We are in partnership together with Him. We're on a journey together with Him. All of these things are part of what? Our fellowship with Him. He's not only our Savior, but He is someone that we're on a life journey with. And as we journey with Him, you know what we do? We learn from Him. Are you listening? Did you know Jesus didn't teach in a classroom? Nothing wrong with that, but he didn't teach in a classroom, did he? he? He had some people who journeyed with him, who were on a journey with him, who came into fellowship with him, and as they went through life together, they learned. He taught them. He taught them not only from, as we would say, from Scriptures or from the Bible, but he also taught them life lessons about how to apply what they were hearing. And so that's what he's called us in. I, I, I like this Scripture over in uh, uh, Mark 3, if you want to turn over there, 
we can read this, but I really like this in the message, and I'm going to read it to you from the message, but you can turn over there. Mark 3, verse 13 and 14. <clears throat> Jesus, it says there, he says, He went up on the mountain and called to him those who he himself wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal and cast out demons and so forth. And then he gives the names of them. But I like the way that reads here in the message. Listen to this. It says, he climbed a mountain and invited those he wanted with him, and they climbed together. And that's really what it's about. We're, we're on a journey together with Jesus. We're in fellowship with Him. But not only Him, there were others that Jesus also called. In this case, there were 12. We know later on there were 70. Then there were the 120. Then there were the 3,000. And from that, it's come all the way down to our generation. And He has called us, just like He called them, to walk together, as it were, to climb the mountain of life together. The good times, the bad times. The difficult times, the trying times, the joyous times, the victorious times, all of those things, just like we, we, we do in our, our own unique families that we, we live together with, but He's called us as the family of God to be that way too. He wants us to walk together with Him. See, this is why Christianity is more than just coming to meet on Sunday morning. It's more than just, you know, the Ten Commandments or whatever things that, you know, sometimes from looking outward inward or just the institutional aspect of the church we look at. It's far greater than that. It's a journey together. It's a real relationship with a living God, with our brothers and sisters that we're down in the, you know, the nitty-gritty and the, the dirt, dirty things, that, you know, when life hits you, a blow and everything. We're there for one another. That's where we grow. That's where it's reality. That's what God's called us to. Can you say amen for that? It's really life on life learning. Jesus called these 12, and as they walked together with Him, it was life on life learning, wasn't it? You know, everything that happens to us in our life, God can work something out. Now, I'm, I don't believe everything that happens in our life is God's will. Are you listening? I mean, the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but we know some do. So not everything is, that happens to people is God's will. You know, we sang this morning, we believe that God is a good God. But we also know that there's a bad devil and that we live in a fallen world. The Scriptures tell us that. And so bad things do happen. That, that's not news, is it? Bad things happen. We've all experienced that. But, you know, it's, it's out of all the things that, that cross our path, the good things that God brings, the bad things, because we live in a fallen world, sometimes, you know, i got to admit, I'd like to blame the devil, but sometimes I just did something dumb. You ever done something dumb? Oh, boy. Thank God for mercy. Amen. <laughs> But in all of that, see, what do we do? We don't give up on, God doesn't give up on us, and we don't give up on one another, do we? We continue to believe the best of people. We, we give them a hand up, because I know sometime I'm going to need a hand up. And we're there for one another, and we're encouraging one another, and that's really where we learn. We learn how to, to live out, to flesh out what we have discovered from the Scriptures by the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to say, you know, to learn about God's love, but it's another thing to have to actually love people 
when they're unlovable. Sometimes some of those people are living in our house. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> but it's, it, it's real. It's where we're at. And so we're talking about connecting through fellowship. And, you know, we cannot connect at a distance. Now, you know, I love uh, uh, the technology today uh, for communicating, you know, the emails and, you know, and, and all the social media and all that kind of stuff and the, and the texting. and the, uh, this, I think it's wonderful. But sometimes I think it's like a lot of things, it's kind of a two-edged sword. Because sometimes we're, it's so easy to just communicate that way that there's not as much face-to-face -face connection. You know, we're, you know, I know it's true. You know, our, our kids are here, there, and everywhere. We got them on the West Coast. We got them down in Florida. So it's just so easy to text them or something. But there's nothing like FaceTime, is there? I mean, you know, there's something about looking into people's face and looking in their eyes. You, you, there's so much more to communication than just the words, isn't there? There's the body language. You can look in people's eyes sometimes, and just when they're sharing with you, and you can see the hurt there. And there's a connection that goes so much deeper than just a text. And, you know, and, and there's something about when you, when you connect that way that the love of God just begins to rise up in you. The Holy Spirit will just begin to rise up in you you know, to minister to that person and to encourage that person. This is what we're talking about, connecting through fellowship. And so, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, our fellowship, even in the church, is at a distance. It's at a distance. You know, we come on Sunday mornings, you know, and, and I guess, you know, although we're not in a traditional church building, most churches are probably pretty much this morning meeting in a situation like us where there's either pews or chairs and people are sitting in rows and you're looking at the back of somebody's head. You know, it's kind of hard to connect that way. There's a, there's a little bit of a distance there. I remember in, uh, you don't have to turn over there, but in Second Kings, uh, Elisha and Elijah, uh, you know, uh, uh, <coughs> Elisha was called to be, you know, the successor to Elijah and, you know, uh, over there in Second Kings, or yeah, Second Kings, the second chapter, just before Elisha is about to be taken up, it says that you know <clears throat> that Elijah would say, "Okay, now you stay here. I got to go somewhere." And he said, "Nope." He said, "Wherever you go, I'm paraphrasing." He said, "But wherever you go, I'm going with you." He said, "Wherever you go, I'm going with you," and he went to different places, and in each place he would say that, and and you know, and Elisha said, "Nope, wherever you're going, I'm going with you." There's an interesting scripture verse over there where it says. And, and 50 of the sons of the prophets stood afar off and watched. You know, too often in the church, that's the posture of many. That we, we're, we're at a distance and we're watching. Just like I talked about it this morning. See, we got to have more than just Sunday morning because, you know, all of you are out here and you're listening to this talking head. But there, there's more, to, more to, to connecting than just that. That has its place, but there's more to it than that. And it says they stood afar off. And, you know, we don't want to be far off when it comes, certainly not to our relationship and our fellowship with Jesus, but even to one another. We need that. And, you know, and one of the things that, that we're going to be doing this year here at Passion Church is we're going to be creating 
opportunities, more opportunities for us to fellowship like that. One of the ways we're going to do it is to create some small groups and to give you an opportunity in a small group atmosphere to where you, we can fellowship with one another, we can get to know one another, we can pray for one another, you know, we can draw from one another because you know what? You have a wealth of wisdom that God's given you. Things that God's put in you, things that God's taught you, th- things that, that you've learned in your walk through life that, you know what, I would be richer if I could tap into that. But see, this morning, I'm talking. But, you know, that doesn't mean, some, and, you know, and in the institutional church, we get the idea that that's all it's about, that only the pastor has anything to say. If that's true, we're in trouble. I don't believe that. I believe that God has put a depth of riches of His grace, experience, truth in you. You've gone through things that maybe I haven't gone through. God's taught you some things that He hasn't taught me. So if I can get what you know and you can get what I know, we're going to be better off, aren't we? And that's really what church is about. It's about connecting through fellowship so that we're not far off, but we can draw near to one another, <clears throat> pardon me, and receive the benefit. This word not only means companions traveling, but it also means that we're partners. That means we're sharing t- together with, with Jesus. He's called us into a partnership. Isn't it amazing that God has not just called us to spectate and watch what He does, but He's invited us to come along with Him and climb the mountain with Him, so to speak, in life, and be a partner with Him. You know, I participated a little bit in sports in high school, you know, and uh, especially in those days, you know, if you were a freshman, you, you basically warmed the bench, and you were a tackling dummy during practice. Any of you old enough to remember those days, man? Oh, man, Braswell, go out there and stand out there, you know, and, you know, and a senior or something would come by and just plow over you on the way, you know. But, you know, uh, and I understood the process, but, you know, uh, in the process of time when I became a sophomore or junior, I didn't want to sit on the bench anymore. Man, I, you know, if I'm going to get out there and sweat like they sweated, run those doggone laps like they ran, and get run over. <laughs> you know, I want to get in the game. I don't want to just always be on the practice squad. I want to get in the game. Don't you feel that way? And it's the same thing with Christianity. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's about getting in the game. You know, here in the South, uh, you know, football is a big deal. You know, we've, we've met, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, but, you know, the thing is with football, you know, you got 22 people playing and you got 100,000 spectating. I don't know what those percentages work out to, but, you know, but in the church, we don't want that. We want a big participation. We want you to be involved. God wants you to be a partner with Him. He wants you to, to walk through life with Him, being involved, being engaged with what He's doing. And He's saying, hey, come on in here and be in. He's, he said, hey, come in here. You want to play quarterback? Oh, me, quarterback? I don't know about that, Lord. You know? But then you get in the game and, 
You know, the first time you get ready to throw a pass, you get sacked. Boom. I'm not sure, Lord, I'm really called to do this. But God's there to pick you up. Whatever it might be. So we're called to be partners together with Him. And that means burden bearers. In Galatians 6.2. Turn over there if you would. I wanna, I'm going to read it out. Galatians chapter 6. Listen, to, notice what he says here. He says, well, let's pick it up in verse 1. He says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore a one in a spirit of gentleness. Notice he says, if somebody's overtaken in a trespass, pile on. Kick him while he's down. Is that what he said? He didn't say that, did he? But see, and see, I found this out, that if I'm in a close fellowship with you, if, if I'm walking together with life with someone, when they fall down, my first inclination is not to pile on, it's to reach my hand down, isn't it? But now, when I'm at a distance, and I see somebody do something from a distance, it's much easier to judge. Well, I know they shouldn't have done that. I sure wouldn't have done that. I remember when I was uh, young and in the things of God, and people would do stuff, you know, and man, you know, I had so much zeal, you know, when I was young, oh man, I just knew I could do it all better than anybody that's ever done it before, Now I know you never thought that way, good for you, this is decades ago, but you know, I'd be quick, now I might not say it out loud, but you know, I'd be quick, say, why is it, you know, you know, I remember one day, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me. He said, son, he said, if that had been you, you'd have done worse. That just shut me up real quick. <laughs> you know, but he says, you which are spiritual. You know, the spiritual people are the ones that look to forgive and to restore. You remember, if you've read your New Testament a little bit, in Jesus' day, there were a couple of groups in what we would call the church, by comparison, called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You ever heard of those two groups? You know. And, you know, and the Sadducees, they, they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> I know, that's corny. If I didn't believe in the resurrection, I'd be sad too. But then there was the Pharisees, and boy, the Pharisees, they were, they were zealous. They really were. I mean, man, they, you know, when it came to, to tithing, not only did they, they tithe their, their money, they would actually go out and count, you know, their, 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 the leaves on their mint and their cumin and all their herbs, and they would, they would pluck a tithe of the leaves off of their plants and give them to. I mean, they were zealous. But, you know, they had no forgiveness in them. There was no grace about them. If somebody didn't meet what they thought was the standard, bam, the hammer came down. And these were the, G the people that Jesus always spoke the most stern to. And you know why? He was trying to penetrate their self-righteousness. 
wasn't because he didn't love them as much, but they were so smug in their, their self-righteousness that they had it all together, that, boy, there was no old body that could pray like they could pray, that gave like they gave and sacrificed like they sacrificed. And, you know, Jesus said a lot of times, you know, they would put on a sad appearance so people would realize just how holy they were. But he said, you which are spiritual, he said, restore in a spirit of gentleness, not harshness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. <laughs> yeah. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we know what the law of Christ is, isn't it? It's the royal law of love. So he said, we're called, this fellowship means that we're called to fellowship and enter into partnership with Jesus. And that means what? That we become burden bearers for our brothers and sisters too. That we pray for people. That we encourage people. That we're out to lift up people. If they do need restored, we do it with gentleness. We do it with humility. We do it with love. Come on. I don't know about you, but when I miss it, I usually know it. I really don't need 50 people to tell me, you really blew it. I usually know that. Because what? We've got somebody on the inside of us, don't we? And man, I don't know about you, but when I miss it, uh, I ain't happy. How about you? Not only for our brothers and sisters, but for the people who don't know the Lord yet. The Bible says in Romans 2, it says, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Isn't that right? You know the, 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 the story one time. These same self-righteous Pharisees, they brought a woman said, and threw her down at Jesus' feet and said, Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. I always wondered, where was the man? You don't commit adultery by yourself. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know that much. I'm always saying, where was the guy? If he was caught in the very act, he had to be there, didn't he? <laughs> you know, I went, Jesus said, Jesus, he said, now, the law says, stoner, what do you say? And you know, Jesus stooped down on the ground, and he said he began to write in the dirt. You know the story. Then he, he finally, after a few minutes, he said, well, he said, Whichever one of you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And one by one they left, from the oldest to the youngest. And that's about right. Because I remember when I was young, I was real quick to judge because I was just so sure I had it all together. But after you've walked this road and this life for a while, and all that God has done in you, you realize, you know, the more you know, the more you don't know. Isn't that right? And as I always like to say, the biggest room in my life is room for improvement. So God's working on me. And so those people, you know, we want to lift them up because she, Jesus went on to say to her, he said, woman, has anyone condemned you? He said, where are your, your condemners? Where's your, those that are judges? She said, no man has. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. You know, that's what God wants us to tell people. You can be free from your sin. All you got to do is come to Jesus. Amen.
He'll fix you up. It also means we're participators. We're working together. In Acts 2.42, let's look over there real quickly. How y'all doing out there? I hope I'm not boring you. You doing okay? Acts 2.42. This is speaking of the early days of the church. And it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, the teaching of God's Word, the Bible, and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in our prayers. Isn't that simple? You know, we've, made, we've complicated church so much, I believe that. We have just made it so, so complicated and so difficult. But notice what they did here. A few simple things. It says, they continued steadfastly in God's Word. This is our guidebook, isn't it? You know? And, and, and as I've told you often, and I tell you again, anything that you hear me say, make sure it agrees with the book. If it don't agree with the book, love me, but just chuck out what I said and go with the book. Go with the Bible. Always go with the Bible. Amen? Always. 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 <laughs> Amen? Because I'm human. I can make a mistake. And they continue steadfastly in that. And in fellowship. That, that word also means to participate. Participators. They were participating. That doesn't mean they were just, you know, going from one house to the ne- next, you know, eating barbecue. Because it goes on to say, later it says, in the breaking of bread. So the fellowship and the breaking of bread, there must be something different there. Otherwise, it's redundant. Isn't that right? Does that make sense to you? It means they were participators. What did they participate in doing? It says that they prayed. We know that's one thing they did. They prayed, didn't they? It says, and in prayer, they also were busy serving. They were serving one another. They were involved in participating and promoting uh, the gospel, the kingdom of God. They served one another. Amen. We know that they also gave because if you read there, it says, they, they were, so, listen, you talk about some people that were serious about giving. There were people that sold a house or a piece of property and gave the money. Now, see, if that happens nowadays, people wonder if the pastor's running off with the money. <laughs> well, just to let you know, I have nothing to do with the money. Other people handle the money. I don't count it. I don't see it. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. That's just a ad, so you'll know. We have people that do that that are accountable. We do. We have CPAs that do that. They're, they keep everything accountable. I don't have anything to do with that. I don't want your money, but I couldn't get it if I did want it. So just so you put your mind at rest. Hey, it's the age we live in. You know, and a few bad apples make it bad for everybody. That's just a reality, isn't it? Come on. Uh, Paul said, said, when it comes to evil, he said, be children. He said, but when it comes to truth, be adults. So why I just share? That's an adult thing, isn't it? You do things right. Sure you do. So we're participators. They, they were praying. They were serving. They were giving. They were d- continually doing it. Look down in, in verse 46. It says, so continually, daily with one accord in the temple. That would be like we're doing here. And breaking bread from house to house, that would be where we're headed with our small groups, 
come together house to house in small groups. It says, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Boy, I like that, don't you? We just enter into fellowship, partnership, participation, each one doing our part. God never asks you to do more than He's given you the ability and the grace to do. We just do our part. My part's not any more important than your part. Hello? Which of your fingers would you like for us to cut off this morning? How about the little one? That's not that big a deal, right? I want to keep all mine, don't you? All my toes. I mean, every part. And you know, the Bible compares the body of Christ to the human body. And he says, every part is placed there by God for a purpose. And when one part is missing, I'm telling you what, man, just get, just get, I'm not quite as young as I used to be. Sometimes if I overdo it, and man, it's just one part, just maybe down here in my back. Man, I'd like, I'm having a hard time getting out of the chair, let alone running a race. I mean, my heart's fine, my lungs are working good, every other part's good, but boy, I'm telling you what, I'm slowing down here. And see, we don't understand. We think, well, well, you know, I'm not the pastor or I, I'm not over the prayer team or whatever. I don't lead worship. And we think that our part's not important. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. God hears your prayers just as quickly as He hears mine. Your prayers are just as important as mine. Your faith that you got from God is just as valuable and just as powerful as mine. There's only, there's only one big I in the church, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The rest of us are all on the team together. Isn't that right? You may run the ball, I may block, but, you know, we're all in this together. And it's a participation. And, and when we understand that, it makes church so much, and our, our faith so much more vibrant. Because too often church has been about spectating. We come and watch the pastor, or we come and watch the evangelist, or we come and watch whatever. Listen, get in the game. Find your place. Find your gifting. And, and begin to run your race with us. And it, you can start by doing just these simple three things. Praying. Everybody can pray. Say, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know what? Praying, I say praying is kind of like riding a bicycle. You know? Go on to Google and see if, on the Internet and see if you can download the manual on how to ride a bicycle. Did you know there's not one? I said there's not one. Just get on that thing and pedal like that. How do you balance a bicycle? How do you do that? Let me ask you another question. What, what's milk taste like? Anybody like milk? What's milk taste like? Well, what if I've never drank milk? Tastes blue to you and red to me, but... Isn't that right? And we talk about... See, praying's like that. How do you learn to pray? Start praying. Yes, you, you can go in the Scriptures and find some things that Jesus taught about it, but still, you know, you just got to get on it and do it. 
get on a bicycle. You know, you fall over. You know what you do? You don't lay there and feel sorry for yourself. Get back up and get on the bicycle. Pedal that thing like crazy. You know, you start praying because you know what? You have a helper. You have the Holy Spirit. You have a Bible. You begin to pray. God will teach you how to pray. And we know this, that prayer is exponential. One can pray, something pretty big can happen. But if two pray, something bigger can happen. One can put a thousand, two can put. Well, if we all did our part in prayer. Wow. Awesome. And then finally, fellowship is about connecting on a deeper level. Connecting on a deeper level. You know, Sin and I have lived uh, uh, in some, some other cultures, in, uh, especially in the Latin culture. We lived in South America in a couple of different countries and ministered in a number of different countries. And, you know, every culture that we've encountered, you know, it has its wonderful strong points and things that are very different, you know, and maybe are not so good. And every culture is that way. Are you listening? Every culture has its strong points and, and things that are not, that need to be redeemed. Isn't that true? And, you know, we found out, especially with the Latin culture, man, they were all about relationships. Oh, my gosh. You know, here in America, you know, especially if it's a couple of guys, we got, you got, you can't get in my space here too much. I mean, you, you get a little closer in arms. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable. I'm going to take a step back. One of us is. But, you know, in the Latin culture, when you came into a room, they greeted everybody. I don't care. If there was 20 people in the room, they're going to go to every person individually and greet them before anything's going to happen. You know, us Americans, we come in, okay, get on to business. Let's get to it. Well, see, they find that rude. <laughs> and here in the States, see, because of our culture, some of us, are going to have to work at it for this thing that we're talking about, fellowship, because it means connecting on a deeper level. That means that I might have to, in the process of time, I'm not talking about immediately, but we're going to have to break down some of those cultural barriers maybe and begin to open ourselves up a little bit, little by little, so that what we can, we can deepen that, that relationship and that fellowship to the point to where we can really be real. And I can get past my church face. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yes, brother, everything's great. Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great too. They get in the car and they're both like. <laughs> when, if we were in fellowship, the Bible says, pray ye one for another. You could have helped me and I could have helped you. But see, we're not connecting on a a deep enough level for the, for the grace of God to flow out of me and flow out of you into me and, and into one another. And that's purposeful. If we just live based on our culture, we're going to keep our arms length. And if all we have is a Sunday morning service, we're certainly that's all we're ever going to do. 
But when we get into a, a small group atmosphere and we can just begin to, to develop a relationship and fellowship, we can connect on a deeper level, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to see some amazing things happen in your life. Transformation takes place. We begin to grow spiritually when we fellowship on this deeper level. That's how we grow. We grow. You know, I'm more, I mean, sin is much more outgoing than I am. I have to kind of work at it. I'm more of the, the kind of the academia type, you know. I can get in my office and, and get my Bible out and get my books. Man, I'm, I, mean, I just love it, you know. I'm just, I love it. But you know what? Uh, if, we, if we do that, we can't reach anybody, can we? We can't touch anybody. And so some of us, you know, we're going to have to have, God's going to have to help us because if that's our, our, our personality or perhaps the way we've trained ourselves, then we're going to have to work at what? Be, being open with other people. Some people, you know, they're just natural about it. And I see them and I think, wow, that's, that's great. And sometimes it's about our background, isn't it? Maybe you come out of a, an abusive situation where people took advantage of you, abused you. And so, man, you're just like, man, I don't trust anybody. And so we're not talking about just as soon as you meet a stranger, you spill, you know, everything about you, you know, all your dirty laundry. But we're saying that we have to purposely get into a position where we can begin to develop a relationship of trust so that our fellowship can deepen. Otherwise, we won't grow spiritually. Let's read one more scripture here before we close in Ephesians 4. We're going to be closing here in just a moment. We're going to pray. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse 16. Well, let's back up to 15. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him, into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You know who the every joint is? That's all of us. I'm a joint, you're a joint, each one of us are a joint. You notice he didn't say the pastor's the heart and the rest of y'all, you know, are the bunions on the foot. We're all joints. We're all equal. Was that too crude? I apologize. <laughs> but but I, I'm just saying sometimes, you know, we get this mindset that, it, you know, whoever we perceive is gifted. You know, we think they're the ones that's going to do it. But listen, the Bible says we're all gifted. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Passion Church needs what you have. I need what you have. I do. I need what God's put into you. Ever seen anybody run a, a race on one leg? It's kind of hard to do, isn't it? He said, knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That's all this is. Listen, 
No one person, no matter what gift God has given them, can supply everything a church needs. Are you listening to me? That's been one of the biggest historical errors in the, in the American church, in my opinion. And a lot of that's been promoted from the pulpit, unfortunately. But he says, each one has a share, has a place to do. And notice what he says. When that happens, it causes growth. What causes growth? We get a super duper duper super duper 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 super duper duper pastor. That's not what it said, is it? It says, when every part is in fellowship, partnership, participating, when we connect on a deeper level, God begins to, to flow out of us all of His graces, all of His giftings, all of His spirit and power. He says it's going to cause what? The church to grow. We grow spiritually as well as numerically. Isn't that right? The kingdom expansion. Proverbs 27, 7, the Good News Bible says it this way. You know, we know from the King James where it says iron, iron sharpens iron. Listen to this. I like the way the Good News Bible says it. People learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. People learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. And what, what do we do? We grow. Let me give you some action points here to kind of think about and take with you this week. First, ask yourself the question, what is my level of fellowship with Passion Family? Now, I know if you're visiting, you apply that to your church. But what is my level of fellowship with the family of God, with where God has me. What is my level of... Now, remember, I'm hoping you, when we, you say fellowship, when I say fellowship now, that it has a broader connotation to you. And then secondly, am I, partic am I a participator or a spectator? Listen, you get so much more when you participate. Remember what Jesus said? We read it in... In Luke 6, 38, he said, when you give, what's going to happen? It's going to be given back to you, and not just what you gave, but he said, more. So when I start to give, what that makes me even more blessed. Isn't it amazing the way God's built his kingdom? The more you, the more you give away, the more you get. In the world, you know, it's all about get as much as I can and then sit on the can. And then finally, what challenges does this new understanding of fellowship present for you? What challenges? You know, I've found out that every time, whether it's in a setting like this or maybe it's in my devotional time or I'm studying or whatever, I'm sure you can say the same thing, that, that God will show me a glimpse of something, a truth, maybe a, a, a little bit layer of it, you know, a little bit deeper, you know. I was here about six inches, and God showed me now my eight inches, you know. is a little bit, something more. You know, usually it means somehow I've got to change. And usually it's something internal. Maybe it's an attitudinal change, you know. A perspective has to change.
because I found out that if I don't, then what God taught me, I lose the reality of it. And it just becomes something else that I've got in my stack. So I want to pray this morning. We're going we're gonna to have communion. I hadn't forgotten. We're going to do that last. But I want to pray before we have communion. Then, I'll, then you'll be dismissed. But I want to pray. Maybe you're saying this morning that, that the Holy Spirit revealed just a little bit more about what fellowship really means. What it means to be in fellowship, not only with the Lord Jesus, but with His body, with the church. And I want you, as I pray here, I want you to just make a commitment personally, not to me, to the Lord, with His help, that you're going to explore that. You're going to look at that more closely this week. And with His help, you're going to apply that, what He's shown you, what He's shown you. Father, right now, Lord, I pray for each of us, for myself and for all of us here at Passion Church, for all those here, Lord, who may be visiting. Lord, what you have shown us today about fellowship, the depth of it, the purpose of it, the power of it, that, Lord, whatever you've shown us, Lord, that we will hold fast to it, will not let it get away from us. But, Lord, wherever we need to change, if it's an attitude or, or, or if it's an action, whatever it is that you show us, Lord, with your help, we're going we're gonna to change that. We're going to hang on to this. We're going to hold fast to what you've shown us. And, Lord, we're going to begin to apply it. Lord, it may be just baby steps, but we're going to start doing what you have shown us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Today, uh, we're going to have communion together. Uh, if you did not get the communion elements, if you'll just raise your hand, the ushers will bring some to you. You know, in, the, in sharing in communion, you know, it's about <clears throat> the Lord's table. And we talked today, you know, we talked about fellowship today. And, you know, when we partake of the elements of communion, you know what we're really doing? We are affirming and declaring that we are in fellowship, first of all, with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we drink the cup, we are, we are declaring that we are partakers by faith of the blood of Jesus that has brought forgiveness of our sins. When we eat the bread, we're declaring that we're in fellowship with the broken body of Jesus, the stripes that was laid upon Him for our healing and for our redemption. But you know what we're also declaring because the Bible says, Paul wrote here in Corinthians, he said, we're one loaf together. We're also declaring that we're in fellowship one with another. This is why he said, before you partake of communion, if you have anything against a brother or a brother has anything against you, that we need to first 
forgive. He said, because otherwise, he said, you're partaking of the fellowship of communion in an unworthy manner. Are you listening? Because we're saying, God, everything's good between you and me. Man, I tell you, I don't like her. You know, I say it humorously, but it's true. You know, if you came up to me and said, Pastor, man, I really like you. I think you're the greatest. But man, I hate your wife. She is just overbearing. How do you think that would make me feel? I got news for you. It's a package deal, buddy. You don't like her. You don't like me. Isn't that right? Well, you know, we laugh about that. But how do you think God feels when we say, God, you're awesome. I, you're a great. I love you. But man, I hate Bob, man. If your name's Bob, I just picked that out of random. I just, how do you think that would make God feel? Something to think about, isn't it? All right. The scriptures there, Paul says that, he said, I received from the Lord what he did on that night, the Passover, when he was in the upper room, that he took bread, he broke it, he passed it to his disciples who were there, and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. And he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. We remember his broken body, the stripes that were laid upon him, the crowns that were pressed in his brow, the nails that pierced his feet, his hands, the, sword, the spear that pierced his side. We remember his broken body. And let me just say this. You know what? Let's also remember this body of Christ. There's some that are broken among us. There's some that are hurting among us that need for us to reach out to them and to minister to them. We're in fellowship one with another. I'm not just committed to you for an hour on Sunday morning. I'm committed to you for life. This is what we're saying. This is what we're committed to Jesus. He's committed to us, but we're also committed to one another. Amen. Father, thank you for the, the broken body of Jesus, for the stripes that was laid upon him that we might have healing and wholeness in our minds and in our bodies. We thank you for that. And Lord, we remember the body of Christ that we're a part of as well. And Father, we bless our brothers and sisters. And we declare that not only are we in fellowship with you, but we are in fellowship one with another as we partake of your body. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for peace in our minds, for strength and healing in our bodies. Father, we freely forgive any one of our brothers and sisters. We forgive them freely. Lord, we hold nothing against them. We forgive them from the heart, by faith. We forgive them. We release them. No one owes us any debt. They are forgiven, just as we have been forgiven. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the blood of the New Testament. He said, it is the blood 
that I am going to spill and shed for you for the remission of sins. The Bible says without the remission, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that blood is there in the holy of holies in heaven. And the blood is continually cleansing us and continually interceding for us and declaring that God is not angry with us. God is not mad at us. We're no longer under condemnation or judgment. We've been made right with God once and for all. Amen. Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Father, we put our confidence in nothing else, not in our abilities, not in our good works, but, Father, only in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for the fellowship that we have with you and that we have with our brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Well, all this month, we're going to unpack this a little bit more as we go along, talking about what it means to connect through fellowship. And I believe that if we will receive what God is speaking to us and showing to us, And we'll, by the grace of God, begin to put it into action. That we can see a growth and a transformation take place in Passion Church like we haven't seen before. And you know, there's something about Jesus that is attractive. Can you imagine if Jesus was in the modern world with his, the ministry he had? Can you imagine how many followers he'd have on Facebook? 2.4 2.4 billion followers. <laughs> Blows your mind. Because, you know, everywhere he went, in his day, you know, they, they walked pretty much everywhere they went, maybe rode a, a donkey sometime. But, you know, crowds of up to 25,000 people would be following him. And, you know, the roads weren't paved. Can you imagine the cloud of dust that was kicking up? <laughs> Holy cow, man. You say, hey, that must be Jesus coming. <laughs> I see him coming. I mean, everybody's covered with dust. They're hot. They're sweaty. I mean, he's just out there where they were, wasn't he? Fellowshipping. Fellowshipping with one another. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Walt's going to come. He's going to, a couple announcements he's going to make, and he's going to close out with prayer and dismiss you. God bless you. Praise God. Thanks, Pastor Norris. What a great message. Connecting through fellowship. Boy, I'll tell you, what's going right off of marriage and workers and right into connecting with fellowship. Boy, I'll tell you what. Wish you could stay on marriage, but I tell you what, this is a good one too. (laughs) Praise God. And I tell you, I've been in this thing over 40 years, but I'm still needing everything I can get. Because I wanted to get gooder and gooder in my marriage and in relationships. But you know what? God has given us marching orders. He said, go ye into all the world. You know, and every one of us have worlds. I have a world. You have a world. And you know, it's on us to share what he's talking about just then. This actually, is evangelism. It's just sharing what God has done for you to somebody else. But I'm telling you, I'm around people every day that need what I have received. So and he, if he's, he said, if I've given it to you freely, 
then I ought to give it out freely. So this is great. We're getting tools to use, and we need to do it. You know, we need to do it. Building relationships is what makes the church grow. And if we want growth, then we need to do our part. And it's always someone that we can share Jesus with. So I got a couple of announcements before we are dismissed. Listen, um, he was talking about connecting in relationships. And I saw this card and I talked about this last week. But this is a card that the ushers are going to have at the door as we leave. Now, on this card, you know, I've been talking about children workers. But on his card, it's got a whole group of teams. Now, we're talking about in fellowship. You know, we had a men's, men, I had a little small group. We, I didn't have, we had, most, some of the men in this church, and we had a little group, small group, and we met together for, I don't know how many years, 10 years? I don't It needs to be picked back up, but it needs to be some youth in that. It needs to be some young men saying, you know what, God's called me to share with men. And let me be a part of help developing this thing forward. You know, it's like passing the baton. It's time for somebody else to pick that baton up and run with it. You know what I mean? And it's somebody in this church that can do that. These are teams on this card. You know, pick a card. If you're not involved in any ministry, you know, I talked about children's church and talked about production team. There's something, there's somewhere that you can, somebody, you can plug in on this card. Listen, get the card. You don't have to turn it in today. On the back of the card, it's got the description of each one of these teams. And you might say, you know what? I can do that one Sunday. I can do that. Fill the card out, sign it. Somebody will call you, contact you, and say, okay, thanks for being a part of our team. And this is how you will build or connect in fellowship. This is a small group. This is a small group. And this is how you can connect. So pick up a card. You know, and if you're very new, like I was when I first got to Passion Church, and you say, you know what, I don't want to pick a card up right now. That's okay. When you feel comfortable enough to do that, do it. But you know what? When I got saved, I wanted to give back because my life was jacked up. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I was jacked up. And, but I knew there was something in me to help somebody else. After I got saved, man, I wanted to tell somebody and help somebody. And I wanted to be a part of a team to help God's kingdom grow. So listen, just be a part of it. And if you feel like I did when you got saved, man, you want to, you want to do something for God because he did so much for you and didn't cost you a dime. Didn't cost you one dime. So it's time for us to step up, go to the next level, and be a part of what God is saying Passion Church is really all about. So anyway, that was, that's, that's the big announcement. Don't forget Danny Johnston next week. That's February, that's the 11th, next week. He's going to be here. You know, you want to invite somebody and uh, come out and be a part of what God is doing in Passion Church next week. Also, if you're new to Passion Church, you know, we would love to meet you. Just come down to the stage area. Pastor Norris and Cindy will be down here. Some other leaders will be down here. We can answer any question or we'll try any questions that you might have today about what's happening in Passion Church or any questions that you may have. Also, if you need prayer for anything, Prayer partners will be down here to pray with you, to agree with you, so that God will begin to move in your life and you can see a difference in what's happening in your life. So this is what it's all about, man. This is connecting, being a family, and being a part of what God is doing. So I encourage you to do that. Amen? So why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, we thank you for this service, connecting and through fellowship. We thank you, Father, for a great, great message. We're connecting with you first because you said, go ye. And you, you gave your only begotten son, your only son. Father, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could give my son 
for my neighbor, but you did. You gave your son so that I could be saved and everyone in here could be saved. Father, that is something that we can honor. And Father, we thank you right now that you've commanded us to go into our world and be an example. Be that light. Be sensitive enough to care for those around us. Now, Father, give us boldness to share your word, to draw them in. Draw them into your kingdom, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.